Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes and the Mize. My name is John and that's Ian. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Uh, today is January 25th, four days until my birthday. Hey! Yeah. Yay, birthdays. Yeah, I'm old. Um, old-ish. <laughs> old And this light. is episode 47, Magic Moods. Oh yeah, because the latest and greatest thing on the internet was thanks to Neil Sisierga coming out with mouth moods. Like I woke up that day and I was looking at all these tweets and I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Basically, so for the uninitiated mouth moods, there's also been mouth sounds, mouth silence, and now mouth moods. Um, it's just crazy mashups of like all sorts of like songs with other song lyrics over top of it with weird clips from commercials it's it's an experience now it really you, is. you might actually know him from other videos that he's done on the internet that were kind of like way viral before viral was a thing such as uh lemon demons stuff of the ultimate showdown oh, and also that? brody quest he did ultimate showdown yeah and brody quest oh lord <laughs> oh yeah that's the mind you're dealing with on this one so oh, man. it's great. If you get a chance to go listen to it, we'll put the links in the bottom, but it's some good listen. You, you give yourself the sound clouds are like 50 some minutes. Just give yourself 50 minutes and just enjoy. If it's not yeah, your thing, it's down. not, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Yeah. Just sit down in the chair and just like let it all soak in. <laughs> exactly. Soak Anyways. Uh, it's also the title because this week was kind of slow. Um, but we have a lot of things that we have to look forward to on the horizon and a little bit in the past with our eyes on the community. Uh, first up, uh, this weekend is GP San Jose and GP Prague, which are both Ethervolt Limited, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, GP Prague is the one that's going to be streamed, however. Yeah, remember, Limited, when it's done in a GP like this, is going to be sealed for day one. Uh, John has good experience with that. Yeah. But yeah, everyone's um, like, oh, why is GP San Jose? It's like, well, because the next week they have to do the Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's in Prague. Uh, it is the European announced team, however, because um, I looked at that and I noticed, oh, European announced team. I wonder where Marshall is. Marshall's Turns plan. out Marshall's going to be battling at San Jose. Yeah, Marshall in San Jose. I He's going to make day two, unless his pool is bad. <laughs> the man is just I would be good. surprised if Marshall didn't make day two. Yeah. At six and three, having to make day two, I would be very surprised if he didn't. Yeah, I'm... I'm sure he'll make it but best of luck to everybody competing in both jeep san jose and Prague this weekend oh yeah uh also tomorrow is the streamer showdown because ether revolt is up on magic online now and so we're going to see streamers battling out in ether revolt queues yeah we'll put we have the link to the at the tumblr post that announces the pods and stuff like that some good people playing uh people names like caleb derward joe Lissette, matt uh, learning ready run Magic Amateuring, Neil Oliver, Paul Chion, Paul Judd Pierce, I think you say his name. Uh, you know him as Looking Glass Elf and Travis Semelin. Those are the 1 p.m. Pacific pods. So start, the first one's at 1 p.m. Pacific, and the 6 p.m. Pacific pod is uh, Athena Hewier, Lantris, uh, Gabe, Reality, or SG Doc, The Girlfriend Bracket, Ian Suzuki, who you would know as Scalding Hot Soup, Jamie Rigotti, who streams under Jamie Topples, uh, Logan nettles i haven't really heard of them jabberwocky i think they're a new newer streamer but apparently pretty popular from what i've been seeing i think they just actually got partnership on twitch too which is kind of cool yeah uh, also Mel today, melvin uh, the muppet and noah sandler uh, oh yeah also today lisa out a tweet saying do you stream magic would you like to be in on a streamer showdown give us a call um basically to give them a little bit more of a wider reach to see who's going to be interested in the streamer showdowns because we've had gabe and 
Loading Ready Ron and Paul on several of these. So. Oh, yeah, and I'm probably going to start spooling my streaming up more and trying to put in for that. And if not just me, then I'm going to try and get both of us on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be fun. Hey, it's a good way to get exposure, right? <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, the next thing from our eyes of the community is something that Ian participated in. Ian, what happened uh, on Saturday over at Watsy HQ? Yes, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, basically this weekend there was a event that happened at the headquarters, which is uh, in Renton. So that's about 45 minutes or so north of me. Uh, I saw the actual posting for the event uh, on the Lady Planeswalker Society Facebook page uh, that I follow. And I just figured, hey, might as well go. Uh, since it's so close to me, and actually my girlfriend, with, who I decided to go with, and it was like, hey, you interested in this? She's like, of course. So she lives about 10, 15 minutes away from Watsi headquarters, so it was really easy to get to. Uh, we got there. Uh, it was around, they had it scheduled for six hours, uh, noon to six. Got there, little around 1230-ish. Uh, at the door, you just sign in. Uh, even though the little Eventbrite thing they had for the event closed, they are just like, yeah, it, it closed early. We didn't mean to set it that to close so early. Just come on in. So we got there. They gave us three packs, basically a draft set. But it was kind of to mirror uh, their LGS leagues that they have. You know, you can go get three packs. You get two of the Aether Vault, one of Kaladesh. You play, and each week you can add a new pack to your, like, sealed deck. So we got those. I actually, honestly, we actually never actually played with those decks that we, we got in the boxes. Uh, they actually included... Uh, one of a pre-release promo because I guess they pulled apart some pre-release promo boxes and put them together for us, which is kind of cool. I ended up with a Kari Zev expertise. Uh, so, nice. yeah, so we sat down. We opened up the boxes and everything like that. We were playing around, like, just messing, looking at our pulls and stuff. We decided, okay, we're going to get some food. Then we noticed, though, that on one of the back tables, they had a little sign saying conspiracy drafts here, and they had two boxes of conspiracy, too. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> we're going to sit over here. <laughs> so we went and got food, and then we moved our ta- moved back over to sit right near there, start and look through maybe what we can build in our decks and all that kind of good stuff. We actually played some uh, no-land pack wars against each other while we were opening our packs. So we got some plate in the middle of actually building a deck. But so we're about, about ready to like, start sleeving up our decks, just getting about that point when all of a sudden a bunch of people start rolling over. Um, namely, so we, we roll over... And they're like, yeah, we're starting to get a draft together. And we're like, conspiracy draft, you say? <laughs> so we're like, Did you say we're like a conspiracy? Two, two in the pool or two in the pot, uh, two in the queue. Right. So we got there and really fun draft. I forgot how how fun conspiracy two is to draft. Uh, I ended up. Oh, conspiracy is a delight. Oh, absolutely. So uh, fun thing about this pod is I was the only guy out of eight drafters, um, which was great. Uh, I ended up a couple people community wise uh play with lee sharp's wife amanda and ali medwin of r&d so and a couple other people who just show up to the party you know for random things uh knowing random people and stuff like that and we ended up having a really fun draft uh to be perfectly honest with you i don't think i've had a more fun experience in magic in quite some time than this draft interesting no it was just really relaxed really fun uh everyone's just getting along like i know you kind of normally draft like it's like oh i gotta stay in lane we're like oh no i i passed that card i think it ended up somewhere over there it's like oh no yeah i grabbed it (laughs) it was really so the draft ended up really kind of weird we had in a row three white black draft or it was kind of like white red splashing black 
white black and then mardu and i was mardu <laughs> in a row and then we had someone ended up in mono blue because nobody was drafting blue it sounds like it um it it was fun <laughs> uh i ended up one, one funny thing in the draft is i picked the uh leovold's emissary so it's the one that you can announce as you're drafting a face up and then you can pick two from a pack, but you have to you you can look at the next pack, but you can't draft out of it. So pack three, I'm like I'm gonna use this emissary, and I got a garbage fire. I'd already drafted one earlier in the earlier that was for six, so I'm like sweet. I'm gonna grab the garbage fire, and then I look at the rare, and I'm like Inquisition of Kozilek. Oh, using it. <laughs> the pack that you know sometimes we just have to eschew good value and just take the money card. Oh no, I I used it. I grabbed the garbage fire and. Because it let me draft well, two. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's that's the value of Leovold's oh, emissary. Yeah. But the next pack that I ended up getting past was, uh, there was a show and tell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, though, um, there are only about $5 difference in cards between Inquisition and show and tell. Because show and tell's tank price is tanked like $15 now because of that set. Thank you, Conspiracy. For oh, yeah, that. definitely. But it was kind of really fun. Um, I actually ended up getting past like a third pick Queen Marchesa. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's not really easy to cast i mean in conspiracy you usually have time to cast your three or four color or your three color cards, i didn't even so. try to reach i reached for one of i kind of reach drafted one of them but i ended up with four evolving wilds somehow oh geez i only used two of them in the deck but i was not want for lands that's for sure um <laughs> it was quite a, like i actually got to turn one inquisition of kozilek somebody in the game <laughs> Everyone took their moles, and I was like, um, who wants to see what their opponent's hand is? Like, who's, whose hand do you want to see? And they're like, why? I'm like, Swamp. They're like, oh, no. Inquisition of Kozilek targeting you. <laughs> but uh, Normally, those cards are bad in multiplayer. Nah, it, was kind of, it was fun. Uh, but the, the one fun thing we actually had during the game is one of the, the way when I was basically Mardu Monarch. My cards relied on me getting the Monarch. I had the... Garrulous, yeah, Garrulous Sycophant. I have two of them in my deck, and that's the one that if I'm the Monarch at the end of turn, each of my opponents loses one life and I gain one life. So get them out there, um, and I was draining life, so they all kind of like had to steal the Monarchy from me. Like Dix is the target, Dix is the target, and I'm like, no, it's not me, I swear. So I ended up going around to <laughs> one of my opponents. Christine had 24 life because she had some Noble Bannerets gaining life which was disgusting. But Amanda a was... A Noble Banneret being the card that, if I'm recalling correctly, it's two white-white for a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. You draft it face up, then you can turn it face down at when you draft a creature, and then both the Banneret and the creature of that name have get plus one, plus one, then life. Correct. And okay. she ended up with two Bannerets and two of the named card. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I was passing to her, and I had better cards to pick than those which stunk. I actually had uh, Leovolt's, or Emissary's Ploy, which is the uh, conspiracy where you pick one, two, before you open your hand, you say one, two, or three, and then you can cast mana, or cards of that mana cost without regards to its color. Unfortunately... I believe it's only, I believe it's only creatures. Yeah, it's cre- no, it's right. creatures. Yeah, it's creatures only. But I didn't end up with any three mana creatures in other colors that were any good. So <laughs> I just had Mardu basically didn't have to worry about tapping my colors mana fixing was really not an issue for me the first couple turns but so it ended up where 
it was me, then sitting across from me was Christine, next to her was Amanda, and then across from Amanda, but and to my, my, next to me was a girl named Sarah. Amanda, Sarah, and myself were all at two life. Christine was the monarch. She had Knight of the Black Orchid out. And so it or is, is it Knight of the Black, three, oh, black Rose. Black. Or it's, I think it's. Yeah, it's Black. It would be Black Rose. Or is it Knight of the Black? It's there, it's Black Rose for Marchesa. Or yeah, but it's the card that basically reads that if someone steals, it's one of one of its clauses. If someone steals a monarchy from you this turn, they lose two life. You gain two life. We couldn't attack somebody who had twenty four life while we were all at two because Amanda would then go get the monarchy, lose two life, be dead. The monarchy then passes on to the next player in play turn. Sarah would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Sarah had two life. It's still that same turn, technically. She would have died because the monarchy would have passed to her on that same turn. It would have then proceeded to go on to me, and I would have died as well. <laughs> so at this point, we're like, yeah, this game is basically just over, and we were trying to go for the suicide thing. Sarah actually ended up decking herself because she had a couple looter effects. That is a, a trouble in Conspiracy Draft if you, if you get too many looters. Yeah, but she actually played, like, she had a lot of card draw that recur cards, and she could, like, gets off back. She ended up, like, casting Divination, like, three times or something like that. There have been times in that, and Conspiracy 2, where I've been, like, I would give my kingdom for a Rato later. <laughs> but anyway, so it was a hilariously fun game. Uh, they were actually, another thing they did at the, during the event um, is they had raffle tickets. So at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m., they drew for deck boxes, uh, playmats, and they had a, dra- a box of Conspiracy 2 they were giving away, and they had a foil, full cut, or foil uncut sheet of cards from uh, Aether Revolt. I'm pretty sure they were all commons uh, for the sheets because my sheet was common. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the very last raffle poll. Um, so how it ended up happening is we stayed, Lindsay and I stayed the whole time till 6. And, oh, the, the deck boxes they were giving out also had uh, a draft set of the cards in there. So it was not just a deck box. You got some cards in there, too. Neat. Oh, and they had a life pad thing, too. A really cool, a little cool life pad with the Planeswalker symbol on it. Yeah, remember our conversation from last week? Write down your opponent's life totals. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. We actually, they were, everyone was, I was using a life pad and everyone else was using spin downs. And I'm like, I'm, I'm keeping track. <laughs> and and play next to me in the other pie was like oh yeah i see you uh i see you taking care of that actually the person who commented that was another sarah and who was one of the people who works at watsi who was the organizer of the event so but yeah the raffle tickets were pretty cool um ended up going down to the last one one of the people wasn't there and then Lindsay's name got called for the life or the play mat and then right after that i'm like come on come on and drew me for it, and I was like, yes. So I have acquired a full sheet of magic cards, finally. You lucky son of a... Yeah. Um, and this is the, this is the commons one, so it has lands on it, too. So it's really kind of weird to see how they do it, because the lands still have the Kaladesh set symbol on there. Oh, yeah, that is the, that is the weird yeah, part. Yeah, so you see, like, Aether Revolt card next to a Kaladesh land, but it looks gorgeous, and I'm so happy I have one. Uh, overall, everyone, the general consensus of it seemed to be that six hours were a little long. They're, if they ever do this again, and apparently they were getting nothing but rave reviews saying it was a great little thing, uh, they'll probably make it like four or five hours. Uh, another great thing is, I mean, the thing, sort of thing from Lindsay said is, she said it was great to actually sit in a room where tons of people were playing Magic, look around, and it was gender balanced. 
basically it was probably skewing more women but if it was it was probably like a 55 45 split uh, over the course of the event based off of the the raffle ticket spread because we did get a nice spread of raffle ticket numbers being drawn there's about 90 or 90 to 100 people i guess that attended which i would say is kind of success for the first like kind of test run of those kind of events they had food and drink available for us the entire time mostly just quiznos subs chopped up in little bits and some salad uh, and some other little uh, novel bowls like chips so overall i quite enjoyed it and we actually played in that giant uh conference room that if you've watched any of the community cups or any of the uh things like the super sunday series uh, championships and stuff that giant like big old room the break room thing that's where we ended up playing so <laughs> really kind of fun uh i will definitely go to another one if they host it again yeah wizard w- wizard does a good job with making sure that everybody everybody has has a place to belong now, um i don't know and yeah. also just making sure that everybody's having a good time as well because magic's fun and it's not fun when you're trying to play magic and it something is impacting your ability to continue having oh fun. yeah and the the they also had learned to play sections there too, which was great um, with all the intro decks and stuff. So, if you're like, "Hey, my boyfriend plays," and you know, or if drag the or girl drags the boyfriend along, it's like, "Hey, teach him how to play," kind of thing. Either or, um, I actually saw both happening, which was great. Um, it's something that I would definitely like. I don't know the feasibility of it, but if they were able to do something like that in major cities every so often, kind of have little events like that. I think it could help. Kind of have like a, for example, in my case, a Middle Tennessee learn to play day. <laughs> yeah, it would probably have to be bigger cities, but well, um, I, I don't know how well it would be able to be pulled off. But for for what the event was, uh, local area wise, it was really cool and quite enjoyable. Great way oh, to yeah. spend a great Sounds way to like spend it. a Saturday afternoon for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, one more thing for our eyes in the community is if you haven't been following MTA Cast, which a you should. Uh, and B, they've been having April King, aka at Cube April, on uh, on Twitter, do a bunch of videos for them about Cube. Uh, and apparently, I don't follow uh, April. I probably need to fix that here once we finish recording. You should. She asked a interesting question today on Twitter. Yeah. So she put a poll up, and the poll asked: Aside from Doomsday, which of these four is the most skill testing card in all of Magic? And the choices were Brainstorm. Cabal therapy, factor fiction, or gifts gifts ungiven. So, uh, so brainstorm is pretty well known. It's single blue mana instant. Uh, draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand back on top of your library. Uh, the skill testing part of that card involves uh, shuffle effects like fetch lands, stoneforge mystic, and so on, so that you can figure out which cards you need to keep and which cards you want to get rid of. Uh, Cabal therapy. Is a single black mana for a sorcery. Uh, it says you name it. You you target an opponent and you name a card. Uh, they reveal their hand and discard all cards of the chosen name, with a flashback cost of sacrificing a creature. Uh, Factor fiction is three and a blue for a instant. Uh, you reveal the top five cards of your library and then have target opponent put them into two piles. You put one pile into your hand, the other into your graveyard. With gifts ungiven being four three and a blue for an instant. Uh, search your library for up to four cards with different names. Reveal them to your opponent, or reveal them to your opponent. Your opponent puts them into two piles of two, uh, and you pick one to go to your. And they pick, or you. I'm trying to target the, the full target opponent. Given. All right, so search your library for four cards with different names and reveal them. Target opponent chooses two of those cards. Put the chosen cards into your graveyard and the rest into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Yeah, it's these are all very skill testing cards. Uh, and Doomsday, for those who don't know, is triple black mana, so BBB. 
um, sorcery. Uh, you search your library and graveyard for five cards, shuffle them into your library, exile the rest, and you have your life total. Yeah, so basically for Doomsday, there's there's the in Vintage, they have Doomsday decks where you basically have what's called quote-unquote Doomsday piles that are a set of certain number of cards that will allow you to stack your mana properly, cast Doomsday, exile everything else. You have your five cards which allow you to draw, draw, get a Laboratory Maniac out on the battlefield and then have one last draw effect where you can't draw your library, your last card in your library and you win off of Laboratory Maniac's clause of if you would draw a card but you can't, you win the game. I don't want to look into old vintage to see what Doomsday Piles had to be before Lab Maniac. Yeah, it was convoluted. Um, but it's something that you see on Vintage Super League occasionally, which is back again. Um, Steve Menendian usually plays, and you see if you see him with Doomsday, it's like, break out the notepad. Because you'll sometimes see in his screen capture the notepad of his Doomsday Piles that he's making. But yeah, the one yeah. thing I want to bring to this is because it's some really old school, old school cards and definitely kind of cube-related uh, very, I voted Factor Fiction on this. Well, I think that each of these cards is skill testing for different people. Uh, Brainstorm and Therapy are more skill testing for the caster. Factor Fiction is more skill testing for the target. And Gifts Ungiven is equally skill testing for both. So my vote would be Gifts Ungiven. Yeah, I, I, but well, I, voted, I personally voted Factor Fiction because in something like Cube, it's kind of weird. You're like, okay, I guess this is what they need. But if it's actually Factor Fiction, like a constructed type deck... I felt like that's one of those things where it's like, okay, these are the cards they have on their deck. What could they potentially have in their deck? What silver bolts do they need to draw? What do they have on their board state? Like, you have to factor in so many different things, like how many cards in their hand, which pile do they need? Do they need a certain color that I haven't seen yet? It's, I, I figured just the unknowns and the knowledge needed behind a deck, like, that you would actually need, that's what I felt was more making more skill testing. Um, Cabal Therapy is kind of one of those just, you just go, maybe hopefully I get a shot in the dark kind of thing like that. But usually you're Cabal Therapy, you'll Cabal Therapy to see their hand, and then you sacrifice a creature to flash it back to actually get the card that you need for it. Unless you're Alex Stacy, you just name Palancron off of a flyer and a prayer. <laughs> the blind Cabal Therapy soul reads are always hilarious to watch. Uh, but yeah, Brainstorm, Brainstorm yeah. is like the legacy card um, in that, like John mentioned, it defines the format. Right, and it's all about card selection. Which ones do you need? Do you need to shuffle your deck? Do you have, like, do you need to absolutely shuffle away some just dead cards in your hand for a matchup? Do you even have a land to shuffle away? Um, are you just delaying the inevitable on certain cards? Or maybe you might draw that second mana source that you need because for sim that has, like, a double color. It's like, okay, cool, I can finally get this color. Wait till you draw it and stack it properly. Um, like that's just kind of a subset of it outside of like legacy. It's not as amazing of a, of a card itself. Uh, get, yeah. I mean, it can be good. I hear you. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I played in commander with my Mizzix deck, which cares about stuff. And I, I put in extra shuffle effects because putting away two cards that I don't want and then just being able to shuffle it away. Like I have definitely had turns in commander where I've cast brainstorm drawn like some lands put put or draw some cards put basics back and then crack and evolving wilds to basically get to not get brainstorm locked because being brainstorm locked is the worst it's like i know what my next i know my next two draws are and it's not what i need kind of thing um yeah. the only card that i would add to this list it's not a single card it is i mean it, it's it is a single card 
but both all three of these or all four of these cards are more or less one and done. Cabal Therapy being the only one that has flashback. Uh, I would put Sensei's Divining Top up there as well. Oh my! All right. Of yeah, outside of that list, I would probably absolutely put Top on there because knowing when to top, how to top, and what you need off of it is just ridiculous um if you have yeah, and top is also good with shuffle effects oh it's amazing with shuffle effects if it's like i absolutely don't need top anymore just shuffle it away uh but gifts though i think gifts is just hilarious for reanimator strategies and cube that's really i've that's the only it time of even reanimator strategies constructed wise like you know gifts reanimator decks are it's like because remember it says up to four so you can just grab two cards you can grab a flashback reanimate spell um well, there's Unburial Rites and Dread Return being being the two main ones, yeah. and one of those is is banned in Modern. So, the gifts the gifts uh, the gifts rights decks are uh, are pretty funny in Modern when they when you see them floating around every now. Yeah, and, then. and but for that one, it's it. The, I think the the challenge on that one is okay. Which of these cards, which of my Silver Bullet Singletons, do I need at this any given time? Do do they have a wide yeah. board state? Okay, then I'll grow grab, um, Elish Norn. Do I need to lock them out of a color? I'll grab Iona. Do I just need to just start beating them in the face? I'll grab Grizzlebrand. So, yeah. The other funny thing with I've I've seen some evolve evolutions of that Gifts deck, and they'll go like Gifts Loam Unburial Rights, <laughs> where then they'll have like this this like Life from the Loam Raven's Crime engine. Oh jeez, just retrace. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So they'll they'll just go into this entire different game plan depending on what the matchup. That's is. disgusting. That's pretty cool, but yeah, it's just one thing I wanted to. I saw on Twitter today, and I like, I like had to. I wanted to talk about it a little bit just because it's one of those cool little things. Like you don't see some of these older cards. We're just coming out of having. We had the vintage cube, and then we just went through the legacy cube, and now the Aether Revolt's out. We're gonna be doing that set, but just kind of a look back at some of the cool little cards of the past before we move forward. Oh yes, and speaking of the future. Before we look at before we look at last weekend, because <laughs> we'll have words about SCG Columbus. Just be patient, because um, Wizards of the Coast decided to bless us today with a, a little announcement. Uh, basically, nor, or normally around this time in the month, uh, Blake Rasmussen of Daily MTG or whoever is the whoever's writing it at the time will reveal the upcoming FNM promos. Uh, so, for example, next month's is Fortune's Favor which is not a good magic card, um, specifically for standard, but it's it's still not they, good. They, they, it was, they thought it would be better than it ended up being in terms of playability-wise. Yeah. Uh, March, which we, are, we already knew February and March, or, and March's is Incendiary Flow, which is a step in the right direction because Incendiary Flow is definitely a good magic card. I wish it were an instant, but unfortunately, we don't have that luxury. No, it's one of the few burn spells we have in the format before this current set and stuff like that that was actually worth playing. Yeah, and and instead, instead of just finding out just what April's promo is, which we'll get to that in a moment, they decided to tell us all three Kaladesh FNM promos for April, May, and June because all the FNM promos are basically delayed by a block now because um, we're getting Eldritch Moon promos now. And then once April hits, we'll start getting Kaladesh promos. And then once July hits, we'll start getting Eldritch Moon, or not Eldritch Moon, Aether Revolt promos and so on. So, what would, excuse me. So, Ian, what was the April promo that they showed The April us? promo is kind of when they were, you know, the combo with Shram's expertise, you know, create a couple of servo tokens, which 
Everyone's like, maybe this is why a copter was banned, but uh, we got servo exhibition. So one in a white sorcery, create two one one colorless servo artifact creature tokens. Has some excellent Vincent Proshi art on it. Yeah. So servo exhibition is the slow artifact raise the alarm. And unfortunately, it's not seeing a ton of play. There's a lot of people who will note that it did, in fact, top eight Pro Tour Kaladesh. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, there was the red-white tokens deck. Right. But yeah, it's it's a, just a cool little card that you, may, you might see pop up here and again. It might make cubes. I don't know. And again, R&D was expecting this, like, this style of deck to be very prevalent. And unfortunately, it hasn't popped up very much. Maybe because Copter was bringing it down. Who well, knows? But another thing that, another, let me get to another, May, Hold on. And, one thing we got to think about, though, with this, too, is now that we have um, Innovate. Oh, improvise, improvise, that's it. Improvise. Maybe it might go up in value because it's essentially like giving you two mana if you're looking to have an improvised heavy deck. One, yeah, one in a what? The only issue is that there's no white improvised cards, but it's definitely on my radar for cards if I if I care about an improvised card. Servo exhibition is high on my well, list. We can get into this with decks wise in a little bit, but I've been seeing some lists. There's some Esper control kind of lists or blue white control list where they're using the that uh oh boy what's that card the uh. The draw three card with improvise. Oh, uh, reverse yeah, reverse engineer. Like, I mean, <laughs> you can cast reverse engineer on turn three with that card, which seems yeah. decent. Turn two, that turn three, draw three seems pretty good. Yeah, but uh, may, uh yeah. may may we get may has unlicensed disintegration. Yeah, it's the one black and a red instant destroy target creature. If you can control an artifact, unlicensed disintegration deals three damage to that creature's controller. Uh, some of the red-black aggro decks we've seen in the past have been utilizing a lot of the cheap artifact creatures like Bomat uh, Courier and, and Scrappy and Scrounger. Scrappy Scrounger. Yeah, so that it's a great way to just you know curve one two and then pop this thing off. It, I mean, this card was also in Shota's list that won the Pro Tour. Like, I don't think I can um, I can pick a red-black deck in this format. That's not going to at least consider unlicensed disintegration. Yeah, if you're running those colors, you're probably putting at least two or three of these in your deck. And even if you're just like, if it's, even if you're just reading for three mana, destroy target creature, don't care about artifacts, whatever. That's still that. It's destroy target creature to instant speed. Quite oh, good. Yeah. And leading up to the creme de la creme, because the past several months of promos have been lackluster, and then June, they're hitting us with Ether Hub. Oh yeah. The probably one of the best lands in standard. <laughs> it's played in almost everything. It's a two dollar uncommon land. Yeah, it's and it got some amazing art and it's going to look incredible in foil. And it's basically what the player base has been clamoring for. There, you know, other channels have been doing videos. I know the professor did a video about what we need from uh, promos going forward. This is the kind of promo we need. Everyone, everyone saw Aether Hub and it's like, sweet. So you're telling us in, you know, August, September, we're going to be getting Fatal Push promo, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nudge, nudge. I, I assume that they saw that Aether Hub was going to be a powerful card and decided to put the promo for it here. Um, I'm almost positive they saw that Fatal Push is, you know, as pushed a card as could fit the, pro the profile for getting a, a, a FNM promo treatment as well. Well, I mean, the big thing with this as well is we didn't really touch on it too much, uh, but people like the Professor and Wedge all did videos on this of how, like, January's FNM promo was Noose Constrictor. That's not a great card. August's, I believe, was Crumbling Vestige, which is also not a good card. Like, the best promo of recent memory is 
a fiery temper. And even then, it's not. It has been seen decreasing play since it's been printed in shadows. And like the promos for the past year, effectively have been very poor. Like in terms of in, spatial contortion, in terms of hit or miss, they've mostly been misses. Unfortunately, like, I mean, we can see where they were potentially looking at. Hey, this is what you can see where trying to th- plan out. Like, hey, maybe these cards are the ones we need to get this art. You know. In, as an FNM promo that'll be desirable might be cards that are good it's it's been missing a lot lately um, but they definitely but like servo exhibition a licensed disintegration and ether hub all hit the market yeah uh, some closer than servo, others, exi- servo exhibition obviously is probably the weaker of the three but it's still that's only a medical it's still a good card yeah it's two mana for two power and two toughness across two bodies like it's not instant speed I mean if it was instant speed that'd be it would be amazing yeah, but unfortunately it's But not. other than that, like, I can't argue with this at all. It's great. And what's really cool is that today during the Dece- uh, January 25th, 20, uh, January 25th uh, Daily Magic update, Blake actually introduced a standard series that's coming out. So between February 13th and April 16th, stores are going to be running a series of standard tournaments with prizes. So if you play in six standard tor- events during the window of time between February 13th and April 16th, you will receive a special land promo card from a standard legal set. Um, they mocked up uh, Cinderglade, Prairie Stream, Smoldering Marsh, and Sunken Hollow using the masterpiece art. So it's the expedition art in regular card frame. It's still a mock-up, so we don't know exactly what it what might end up looking like if it's going to have you know special uh, uh, watermarking or anything like that. Or, like, if it's instead, like, flavored to the current set. Yeah. Like, Cat's going to be out at that point, so maybe we could see, like, a Cinderglade no, flavor to Cat or something. No, it's just February through April. It's this, it, oh, yeah, it's February through April. Um, doesn't Cat come out in April? I don't know. I'm it says, additionally, participating April, stores but will... Point but, being, but they're also saying, additionally, stores will receive three exclusive playmats featuring Cat art. They can use to reward players for sportsmanship, helping new players, innovative deck building, or other positive effects on store and community, so... Um, you know, maybe someone who just brought a bunch of new players in to the store and uh, kind of recruiting kind of thing. Um, it's That's going to be one of those things that's up to the thing. But yeah, by April, though, um, I think the week or two after that is when the set comes out. It's April 28th that the set, uh, that Amaket yeah, comes out. Yeah, the release of Amaket is the 28th yeah. of April. Because um, I, I, I get a release set right around my birthday, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The weekend before is the pre-release, and my birthday happens midweek, and then I get the release drafts, so it's awesome but yeah nice. so it's one of those things check your local stores here to run the promotion i think it's great that they're this is kind of like i don't know it's like the old like player promos used to be not quite a little not bit. quite like that but it's not, it's definitely something yeah. that has been brought up in other uh across other you know content creators as well noting that store owners have said that foot traffic has been lower lately at FNM and other kind of events like that. So to get out, so outside of FNM, uh, now also remember this does include casual events and PPTQs as well. Oh, yeah. So that counts towards your six event quota. Um, basically, yeah. get out and play is what they're trying to get people to do. It's like don't just sit around and wait for an FNM standard to roll around. Like if you have th- Tuesday night standard, go play Tuesday night standard. It'll count towards your events kind of thing, and then you can play Friday night magic with standard knock out two in one week i don't have to like it's a marathon not a sprint for this one but just the fact that they're willing to look at new additional promos i think is 
a great step forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a thought, and then I lost oh, no. it. Anyways, we'll go ahead and move on, uh, because this past weekend was SCG Columbus, which was the first major event with Standard since the bannings and with Ether Revolt. So it was going to be really interesting to see whether Jeskai Sahili and the copycat decks are going to, you know, roam free and just kind of take over the entire event, or whether we'll see some old faces pop back up, or whether Marvel will even stick around, and whether or not some new archetypes are going to rise to the occasion and show us all, um, you know, hey, look, this is not that format anymore. This is a new format. This is where new cards are going to take their place amongst the stars. And the winner of the weekend has to be Winding Constrictor. Oh, card-wise, absolutely. Funnily enough, didn't even make the top 10 cards playlist. <laughs> but, so Winding Constrictor but was a, I believe, is I'm, I'm checking right now, was a four of in the top three decks at SCG Columbus because the winner was Brendan DeCandio playing Black Green Delirium. And then second and third were Steven Dykeman and Andrew Skorik, mm-hmm. both playing Green Black now, Aggro. Brendan De- now, Brendan DeCandio, by the way, this is his back-to-back standard open wins. Or back-to-back open Ooh. wins, I should say. He won the last Ooh, open. Interesting. And then this one as well. Yeah, because Green Black has a lot of counter synergies, and Winding Constrictor cares a lot about those. So does Rishkar Pima Renegade, which is now an $8 card. So is Walking Ballista. No, actually, which is now a to be fair, card. Walking Ballista is probably like the, oh, that's actually a card of the weekend. Um, people looked at it initially and was like, it's just a worse uh, hangerback walker. But there's a lot of ways to double and add counters in this set. And even then, it becomes a late game mana sink with its four mana put a plus one plus one counter on it. Because Tris- Triskelion yeah. is still a good card. Also, Verdura's Gear Hulk got a huge high- price hike because... Um, you know, putting four one one counters on four creatures isn't great, but putting two plus one plus one counters on four creatures is really good with Winding Constrictor. Oh, it's bananas. Uh, also, we should yep. ma- mention, though, the resurgence of green-white tokens. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hunter Nance got fourth place with the green-white tokens list, and I showed this to uh, Vinny, who was on the podcast earlier, who was a big, who was all in on green-white tokens right around BFC Oath of the Gatewatch. And the first thing that he said when he looked at Hunter Nance's 75 is, where are the Avacins? Because there are no Avacins in the 75. And that used to be like a defining card of green-white tokens. And now, nowhere to be yeah, seen. Yeah, you'd go wide and then you just slam that slam that Avacins, like, deal with it. Yeah. Uh, also, main deck authority of the consoles is something that I would not have expected to say ever. Um, yeah, it's it, literally people were packing heat for the next three decks in the top eight, which is Jeskai and four-color versions of the Sahili Cat combo deck. Man, four color Sahili is so sweet. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, so it's it's basically just four color, not black. Uh, for those wondering, um, it's using like servant yeah, of the conduit, um, Sahili... two aether, rogue refiner to grab energy. It's got whirler virtuoso in there if you want to like just make a bunch of thopters. It's really weird and crazy and cool. And and how could you leave out cloud blazer? No, yeah, of course cloud blazer is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so the four-color Sahili list are trying to play a value game with Sahili and then just go, oops, we win. Uh, whereas Jeskai Sahili is playing more of the control game it's, um, it's very where it tries to be a Jeskai control Yeah, deck. it's very much in the line of like what we were seeing from the old-school Splinter Twin decks back in the day where it was, it was more of a control deck with an oops-I-win combo in there. Yeah, and then eighth place was Mardu Vehicles, which was a, a known quantity, but... Remember, remember. These by the way, we, the we mentioned, Mar- we mentioned we Mardu vehicles. 
the only black in the deck is for four of unlicensed disintegration. <laughs> well, it's it's better than well, some versions in the past were playing Scrap Heap Scrounger, but I, I can't disagree with them wanting to play uh, unlicensed disintegration because that card is just good. And also, to be fair with that deck, it actually had blue in there as well. <laughs> Three yeah. ceremonious rejection. Because they like to splash for unlicensed for uh, ceremonious rejection. Yep. But uh, no, so remember, like back in other ones, you'd see like just kind of new variants on the same old theme um, with these first weekends at these standard opens and stuff. Everyone knew the Sahili decks were going to be a thing. Um, it's one of those kind of like nascent standard formats where the pros haven't brought their A game because they're still testing and they're keeping all their crazy broken decks. Remember, um, I was, had Magic Mike's on before. Usually we're, we record right alongside when they do theirs. Um Aether works Marvel, 64th place. And no and fifty Ulamogs. And 57th place. There was one at 57th as well. Oh, but no. I didn't see any Ulamogs in the uh, 64th place deck. I didn't look at the uh, 57th. It was a Teamer Aetherworks deck, and it did not. Yeah. No no Ulamogs, just value Marvel with uh, extra extra energy from uh, Dynavolt Tower. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dynavolt Tower, like what, some of the things, there's actually control decks are back. Like straight yeah. up, I'm just going to play control. Like in the tops in in ninth to sixteenth, there's blue black and blue red control, both of which were playing Dynavolt Tower. Yeah, Jim Davis on blue black control. It, it's you look at the list, and you're like, this is a straight up control list. One Kali, one Kalidas, four Trenchal Gear Hulk, one Jason Raveler Secrets. Everything else is spells, kill spells, counter spells, draw spells. That's it. We even got to see horribly awry. <laughs> it saw play. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Granted, there were other sweet decks like an Esper Aggro deck and a Black White Aggro deck, but. Like, the format is still fairly wide open, despite the top three decks being green-black and the top four decks being... Or actually, the top six decks being green in Yeah, them. we also actually had the uh, the standard dredge deck, the black-red zombies deck, is still a deck. It, it hits yeah. at 22nd place. And it also placed 13th in the classic that ran alongside day two. Yeah. So it's so they're, they're, still there, like... The format is is fairly wide open. Yeah, now. we'll see what it is. There, you know, one or two emerge decks as well. Um, overall, I'm so we've got the Pro Tour coming up next week, and it it's one of those things. Where, like, I'm actually don't know why lately. I just start looking at these lists, and I'm like, all right, give me a control deck, or give me something that I can just you know just jam a bunch of spells out there. So some of these like, because remember I was playing with a the Thermovolt deck, so the. Uh, Thermo Alchemist with the... Thing in the Ice, Dynavolt Tower. I actually never played Thing in the Ice. Uh, I played it in one of my lists, and it just felt a little too wonky. Like, I was always trying to just go for uh, other things other than that, and just smashy-bashy and just cast a bunch of spells. But uh, I've been looking for control decks (laughs) lately, and I just... So one thing that kind of is weird is, like, the the Sahili decks, we mentioned they are kind of a control deck, but also have the Oops, I Win combo. They're also incredibly fragile. Yeah, they they died a shock. Another reason why Walking Ballista is amazing is that it interacts with the combo in multitude multitude of ways. Like you just you just use all your counters or just use one counter to ping a Sahili or whatever. That's a very powerful interaction. Yeah, just being able to easily interact, disrupt a combo, and even then, like just other control decks running out there with their own counter spells. Um, had someone message me with a like blue white deck that was just running like Baral Chief of Compliance 
kind of thing like that, just to help you get some cheaper stuff out there. Had some, you know, rev basically just running three creatures, Torrential Gearhawk, Baral, and Avacyn, and then everything else is just counter this or draw this. And it's just the counter draw with some Planeswalker backup. People are trying to try it out again. It, it hasn't been around a lot lately. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's definitely an interesting place for the format to be right now. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how it evolves from here. Right. So, for instance, the top creatures, right? We're talking, while we're talking about creatures and everything like that, Felidar Guardian, 90 copies in the top 64, outpaced Thraben Inspector and Spell Queller, which were 67 and 65 copies, so two and three. So, obviously, there were a lot of Sahili decks, but it's still not the um, kind of situation where it's you play this or you lose. You have, yeah. you have a chance at running into the mirror a lot. Harness Lightning, though, showed up a lot. Harness Lightning is maybe the best removal spell in the It's standard? scalable. Question it's mark? It's scalable. Which, and there's a, yeah. a lot of the decks that are running it are running incidental energy as it is. So you can scale it up to that four damage that you need to just take out a Feldar Guardian. So, yeah. It's something going to be interesting. Um, is there any, anything I, you were looking at particularly that caught your eye with these lists and stuff, John? Well, I've been trying to think about bringing back the uh, Metallurgic Summonings list that was at the last standard GP. Uh, and looking at these these decks, I'm trying to figure out whether or not that, that card in particular is still even viable. Um, because if I tap out on turn 5 casting that card, um, and it let's say it goes to the Sihili player's turn 6, they can just tap out and kill me. Um, I'm very interested to see look at those control decks i also still have uh red black or red green pummeler so you know i'm looking at ads for those decks and there was a red green energy deck that made the top 64 that was basically just a red green mid-range deck that didn't play pummelers that was just playing you know the the, the creatures you would expect it to play you know verdant verdurus gear hulks bristling hydras and whatnot and then i i was flipping through just now and i saw one deck that caught my eye which was a bant eldrazi deck yeah right Bant Eldrazi. With Tamios and Gisela and Bruna. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird they call it Bant Eldrazi because it's just got like Displacer, Matter Reshaper, Thought Not Seer, and Deep Fiend. Oh, and Smasher. But yeah. it's like, I mean, hey man, have at it. It seems like a deck that could be I mean, pretty look, good. Those Eldrazi are still good. It, you just need to find the right home oh, for them. And I, I don't think, know if that if there's a home in standard for Right, them. but oh my gosh, man. Reality Smasher is still just one heck of a magic card. Um, yeah, it is It is definitely powerful. And see, the thing with the energy decks is I've actually noticed a lot of them are moving away from the pummeler aspect of it. And a lot of them are going more towards like a teamer mid-range kind of shell. Um, there's one listed as Jund Energy, but there's no red in the deck. Um, it's just green-black energy. Well, I think they play red for, like, Harness Lightning. Uh, I didn't see any on the list, which is weird. If no. they were, I mean... But no, that seems like a deck that I would at least play Harness Lightning and Unlicensed Disintegration and maybe a Shock on the board or two if you need it. But I've been t toying with the option. Like, see, I don't want to spend too much, personally. This is just me looking at the format and being like, all right, I don't know when I'm going to be, be able to get out and play a lot. I want to build off of what I previously had what's good so i know me i'm looking at kind of workshopping either my thermo alchemist deck into more of just a blue red spells deck unfortunately i missed a kind of a floor on the trench of gear hulks so that's going to be spendy part of the deck but or somehow tweaking my green red pummeler deck into more of a mid-range list but 
I have pieces that could fit either or. So it's just like one of those like, all right, maybe I can toy with it and see how it goes. What about, I know you just mentioned you're looking at those decks that you had to tweak. Yeah. Any kind of tweaks you're yeah. looking at? Uh, for Pummeler, I'm looking at adding Greenbelt Rampager because that's a really good card to cast on turn two off of an Attune. And I'm also looking at uh, Invigorated Rampage as an extra way of giving Trample to several creatures to make it harder for them to necessarily go all in and kill one of my, kill my all in creature. Uh, and I understand cutting pummelers because it's really easy to interact with them because just harness light or not even harness lightning, but even from the black decks like fatal push with revolt kills it uh, as does grass of darkness as it normally would. Anyways, uh, I'm interested to see, I, I don't know if I want to like dedicate to one deck quite yet without seeing a few more results and definitely after, not until after seeing the pro tour. Yeah. Cause there's one thing like if you are looking to get in the standard, like I said, we were mentioning these events that Wizards is pushing because they want more standard participation in FNMs and other kind of events and store traffic because, you know, it helps sell the new sets, plus it's the hot new stuff that's out there. Um, just John made a perfect point there of, wait. <laughs> um, Unless you're going to a tournament literally this weekend that, you want, that you're trying to spike, just wait. Give it like a weekend or two. Um, if there's something you absolutely want to... I hate to say it, but kind of camp it. Make sure that you can actually pick up the cards in case they spike. Because the worst thing would be like, hey, I wanted to get this deck, but now all of a sudden that $2 card is now at $15 card, and that's out of my budget. So it can hose you on that kind of thing. Uh, mostly, though, I you know, remember what happened with the last Pro Tour, with Pro Tour Kaladesh. Nobody was playing Aetherworks Marvel before the Pro Tour. They broke Aetherworks Marvel, and then you had to play around Aetherworks Marvel afterwards. Nobody was playing uh, Emrakul either. The Turbo Delirium decks weren't a, really a thing. So they defined basically the last format is Turbo Delirium getting Emrakul out, and it's why it's banned, basically. Um, it just warped yeah. the format too much in that direction. Um, it's... Just give it a, give it a week. Um, hopefully, we might see more results coming from this weekend's events. Seeing you know, get a little better picture of it. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it next week as well. But we're definitely going to because tomorrow, because remember we're recording on Wednesday. Tomorrow, they're actually doing some uh, unveiling of the teams and kind of like jerseys and logos and all that kind of fun stuff. We'll definitely be talking about that. Yeah, we've we've already seen uh, Mass Drop East West, which was formerly East West Bowl. And then China, Channel Fireball, Fire, and Ice. Yeah, and I think a couple other teams have kind of like put, poked out, been like, hey, we're here, and her card hoarder's going to have her team or two there. Um, so yeah. it's we're going to get the full drop, at least, of the big teams that are going to be out and about playing, and we'll definitely talk about that next week. Um, yeah, next week is probably going to be our PT ramp-up episode, which is going to be fun. I can't wait. Um, Neither can I. Pro Tour should be incredibly fun i'm i'm last time we had a really amazingly diverse top eight field and now that just the field in general is very diverse i'm really hoping really hoping that it's a nice another diverse format and that it takes a little while longer for it to kind of stagnate and or become homogenized and you know you're playing spirits or you're playing copter or you're playing emrakul yeah <laughs> notice what i did there I, know, I saw what you the, the three banned cards. <laughs> um, so one thing that like we did mention this when we did talk about the band episode is we have that five week uh, valve escape valve nowadays, which if the format looks like it's going to start stagnating, they can maybe tweak the format. I hope they don't perfect to be perfect. I, I would be surprised if they did. 
and Jeskai Sahili is the only deck on my mind that would that would be warranting that ban, and it would have to like sweep the top eight of the Pro Tour and then sweep the top eights of every GP after that. And I just don't see that. Yeah, someone has had to, or someone will have to find the shell for that deck. Yeah. Um, what the shell, quote unquote, is for it, who knows? But if they find it and they break it, good on yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens from there. But we'll see. So anyway. Yep. That's going to do it for us here today. Remember that you can find us on these social medias. Uh, Ian, where can people find you on social media? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. It's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. And like I said, I tweet off stuff. If they have more of those kind of events and stuff at Watts, uh, Watsy and headquarters, I'll definitely be tweeting about it. Uh, I didn't tweet enough, I think, while I was there, but I was busy playing. Uh, you were busy playing. Yeah, it's on uh, Twitch, you can find me at Dix, D-I-X. Uh, I, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I definitely plan on ramping up streaming a lot more. I'm going to, tr- by a lot more, I mean at least try to get even just one draft stream a week in. Uh, I know I've already talked with Lindsay about it. She wants to stream as well with me. So we might have some joint drafts there. I know, John, you're more than welcome to join in on the weekly draft or whatever I do. Um, of course. And hopefully spool that up. So maybe maybe not Amonkhet, but a future set release, maybe Hour Destruction, get a, get in on that streamer showdown. So, John, where can they find oh, yes. you on the social media? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. I'm also on Twitch by the same handle. Don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, yesterday, and... Uh, by yesterday, I mean earlier on Wednesday, uh, I wrote my first like magic article, and I posted it on my Twitter, and you should go and read it because I worked fairly hard on it, and I'm interested to see how I can improve that yes. um, because I think I want to write about magic more. So there we go. go. For it. Uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. Please give us your feedback and your reviews. We would love to hear how we can best improve the show to cater to our viewers. Um, anything else? No. Before we... That's it, all man. Right. Thank, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.